You're listening to Miss City Podcast, hosted by Lena and Daniela of Mystic Home. We created this podcast to share our passion of empowering people. We want to encourage you to find and connect with your own abilities and inner strength. Our aim is to help you breach the gap of being human and connect with your spiritual self. And by sharing our own experiences and reflections, we open up the conversation for mystical ideas and how to integrate them in our human lives. Welcome back. Here Welcome. we are. Here we are. Again. Talking about being famous. Yeah, I know. We are just talking about that right before, and Daniela said, like, when she was a kid, she really wished she was able to sing, or she wanted to be no, an I artist. No, I wanted to be a pub singer. Oh. But, like, not just a singer. I wanted to be big. Big. Like, my idea was, you know, Britney's, Britney on the stage, mm-hmm. and Shakira kind of concerts, mm-hmm. and global... Um, tours mm. big yeah you said you wanted that when you were a kid and now I I just said that I still want to be famous yes <laughs> I understand, I understand but I, I want to be famous for something that I'm good at that I, I do and unfortunately I can't sing dude I was really good at dancing hmm. I was such a dancer see could have been something with that well, you know, my idea was to get a little bit good on the singing mm. and then be a super good dancer. Oh. And, you know, then you would have get it. famous that yeah. way. Yeah. But I was telling this story. I was telling this story, you know, I, I really wanted to be a singer. And the funny thing is, I have to share this. Everybody that I've seen lately, and I've seen a lot of um, healers and a lot of energy work, light workers and energy people lately because um, I'm doing this. I've been part of this psychic training and there's a lot of people that like to practice with each other. Mm-hmm. And so I've been kind of open for people to practice. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm open to practice with you. Anyway, and everybody has to say something about my voice. Hmm. They're like, do you sing? Do you sing? And then my, in the back of my head, I'm like, here like, we go. Yes, I do. Here we go. The singing again. But the way that it happened um, is that... So I was a kid and I wanted to be a singer and I lived in a very, 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 very small town. So most of my family was in the big city. So when I went to the big city, my aunt told me, you should, I mean, if you really want to sing, you should go to school for it. You should, you know, take classes. And I get said, trained. okay. Train your voice. Get mm-hmm. trained. I said, okay, cool. So my classes, the day that my classes started, my cousin, who's a couple of years older than me she drove me to the classes and on the way on the right you know i looked really looked up to her mm. i thought she was the coolest i think we maybe when we talked about like where we come from our cultural upbringing mm. i think you even then talked about your cousin yeah she had she, a big influence in your life big influence in my life mm-hmm. and she was really you know cool so anyway and on the way there we're talking and then she's like why do you want to sing and i was like i don't know i think it's cool uh, and she's like, and who are these people that are there? Like, do you think these people are cool? And I was like, I don't know who's going to be there, you know. Mm-hmm. But I remember our conversation being more like she didn't think it was cool and she mm-hmm. thought that I was really lame. So Maybe then I she was couldn't like, sing. Could she sing? No. No. So then. I couldn't sing either. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't. Oh, you were not one of those kids. And your parents were like, oh, my God. You really no, can't sing? No, I was sing? not one no, of those kids no. where no. the parents are like, you need to be a singer. No. No, it was me just, you know, doing crazy. Da- I was a really good dancer, though. Mm. Um, anyway, so I thought that she, you know, I was like, oh, my God, if she doesn't think it's cool, maybe I am super lame and mm. she's not going to 
like me if I go to these classes. So then I ended up saying, you know what, let's turn around. I don't want to go to classes. Mm. So we turned around and I never went to, to school. So sad. Classes. Sad because I could have been, you know, I could have bring music to the people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that anyone might have listened so much. Who knows? Yeah. But it's funny. So we went to, uh, so my family, like uh, a couple of years ago, we went to musical. We're sitting there. So and my brother was sitting next to me and we're both like just watching, looking like with big eyes. And then in like when there was a pause in the middle, I'm like, oh, my God, I could just think about one thing the entire time. He's like, what? I'm like, oh, I so wish I could sing. It would have been me on stage. I really <laughs> wish it could have been me. And he said, he's like, really? The only thing I could think about was thank goodness it's not me because <laughs> he's so afraid of being in or he doesn't like to be at the center of attention i'm like come on that's my biggest dream <laughs> yeah it's so different but i do enjoy um i mean being a different kind of famous but i do enjoy like being on a stage and <laughs> teaching big groups and yeah like we talked in the know, yoga games uh, episode episode yeah yeah, me too. I love I it. I do enjoy that. I enjoy um, getting up on stage and talking and talking and having a message and delivering that message and having people that are listening to it. Um, so, like, big events are not mm -hmm. really threatening for me. Like, no, I love, that's my best. I love that's when I'm that. my best mm -hmm. for sure. And also, my bigger classes. That's when I'm like 100. Mm percent -hmm. I was talking to Mashama the other day, and he was like, you know, telling me about the voice and how you know my my voice or my singing it's heals people mm. and i'm telling this you know is he's not the only one who said this like everybody again that i that i you know have readings with they're always like are you singing are you singing and then i was like well you know when you go to somebody that heals and they're singing with their vo they're healing with their voice their voice is so angelic and beautiful mm -hmm. and my voice is not like that <laughs> like it's not i mean i don't have an angelic voice um so so I'm like always, a crow. I'm always thinking like, was there something wrong, universe? Like, did you forget to give me that forget? tune? <laughs> did you forget to tune me in so that I could, you know, <laughs> sing angelically to people and heal? Uh, or is this like something that I'm supposed to go to school now and yeah. learn so that I can do what I need to do? Yeah. You but just have to be famous and then you can call Britney Spears and maybe she can help you out. Yeah. She can be my um my coach. Yeah. My vocal coach. Yeah. Yeah, but have you th thought about that, getting a vocal coach? Well, my, my the, the shaman that I work with, he's in Colombia. And he, because I was telling him that I was downloading this. And I showed you, I you listen to one yeah, of the yeah, things yeah. that I download. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like very primal. Primal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's very primal. It's like, you know, screams and yells. And not only screams, mm. it yells, but very like, mm -hmm. there are main voices. And it's very, mm -hmm. yeah, very primal. Deep, yeah. Deep primal. So I was telling him, I was like, well, this is this is the channelings that I do. And they're not angelic by any mean. They're not like those voices that make you cry by any means. Um, but they're comforting. Like, I thought it was very com comforting. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's still a lot of shadow on me to be able to share those, you know, to the public. Because, again, I, I would wish that it was something that is very angelic and that is very beautiful. And I know they are beautiful in its way. Like, I know this... The songs that I, because I recorded, you guys, I recorded some of the songs on my, on my phone. And again, they're not, they're not like beautiful, but they are definitely powerful. Mm -hmm. But now you're doing something with your mind, not with your like opening up. True. What we talked about, like now it's just your, 
limiting beliefs in your it is a still you, I, you know, know it your is human mind limiting. so the last time i talked to my shaman he was like okay so have you thought about going uh, vocal courses like mm. are you gonna go and i've done some i've done some trainings on sound healing mm-hmm. and, and like sound healing therapy and how to use instruments and there was a vocal part of it that i did so i've i've worked with it mm-hmm. more and more but it's not like I've taken a full course mm. of like how to use your voice or. And I remember this woman; she was so nice. She was my mentor when I was doing this um, sound healing therapy course, and she was like, "You know that you are not supposed to like. I knew that you. I know that you wanted to be a singer, and I know that you you want to sing to, you know, to be approved of other people or for other people to like you. But actually, when you're healing, it's the what you're channeling, what you're doing is that you're using." is the sound mm-hmm. it's not singing so mm-hmm. it's not a performance no. because what you want it to be and i know that you want it to be a singer and that's okay but remember that what you're gonna do now with your voice it's not a performance mm-hmm. is using the sound that comes through out into whatever that needs to be so it's definitely there i mean i like i said <clears throat> i make a lot of sounds like nature sounds like mm-hmm. wind or um water or um birds i don't know mm-hmm. like animal sounds that i that i do when people come see me and that just comes very naturally and it's they're so i don't really think about it i think that's the thing yeah. it's like they just kind of come and i'm just like oh whatever they just come out um i don't really think about it too much but the singing and stuff maybe at some mm-hmm. point yeah maybe at some point because this woman that you saw we talked about this in the episode about the fifth dimension mm. and when she she's also singing but she's not singing she's making sounds like mm-hmm. but her voice yeah her oh voice my is God. her voice is that's yeah that's like angelic angelic voice yeah that's the voice that i would want what's her uh, instagram her name is light with light love that's her instagram mm. light because i know she posted there right yeah Mm. So you can go in and listen because it's so amazing. Yeah, her voice is just insane. Mm. She's really awesome. Mm. Anyway. But this is actually on the topic what we wanted to talk about today. Just like where, not just where we come from, you know, our upbringing, but where we come from, you know, hopes and dreams and then to what we actually create. And then the businesses we've created and... You know, what we did a couple of years ago until this day and things coming up and all of that because there's so many things changing. Absolutely. And actually before I was a little bit, you know, the way I approached change before was that, okay, I have a structure, I have a goal, I'm going to go and, you know, I feel like I'm complete when all the steps are done Mm -hmm. and good and done. And then now I'm starting to understand that change is ever evolving. Mm. So you start, you know, going towards this goal and you start to putting things out there and there is nothing permanent. Mm-hmm. Like then you, for example, then I launched my re, rebranding and then now there's so many things moving and accommodating and, and I'm kind of super open at it at mm-hmm. the point. I'm like, actually, I can do this and I can do that and it doesn't have to be this way. And, you know. Because before, I feel like we tackle one big change at a time. But if we, instead of tackling one big change at a time, and we understand that everything is ever changing, Mm -hmm. that there are, yes, perhaps bigger changes than others, but that even within that, when that change happens, there's more change after Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I think for me, it's not like with, with my business, there's not been like 
a point in time where I'm like, okay, now I'm taking the leap to do this X. But it's more like it's happened organically. And then looking back at it, I can see like, well, there's been so much change where it's ever evolving or I've taken on new projects and these projects have led, has led me to this thing or whatever. In the beginning, I think it was a lot of that, like setting up goals, you know, renting a space, getting people to come, trying to contact studios, getting into a studio, being a sub, getting class, getting permanent you, classes. I, I think you've you've shared with this with me before, but I think it's very interesting for people to know about this, um, the way you started, because I remember you said that you used to uh, rent a studio mm -hmm. and just tell people to come. Like, mm -hmm. can you go a little bit on how your business, when you came back from the mm -hmm. States, how you started your business? Like now you are, you know, such a well-known yoga teacher in the community. I remember when I moved here and I've heard about you and, you know, all these things that you've created mm -hmm. under your name, under your umbrella, under who you are. And I think it would be really interesting for people to know what was the beginning of that mm. in more. Because sometimes when we talk about this podcast, I think we talk very generally about yeah. a lot of stuff. So more, you know, steps like congruent and how do you say human steps mm -hmm. that you took uh, in order to get to where you are and how those ideas came about and how they work or didn't or they mm. changed. Mm -hmm. So when I moved back to Sweden and... Like, you know, I didn't want to move back. So it's like, okay, what do I want to do now? Like, it's starting clean slate, 100%. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Well, I love the yoga. I want to focus more on that. So then all of a sudden, I, I after a month and a half, I think, I started my own company. And then that was that. You know, I worked in a cafe and I did a couple of other things just to, you know, make money. And then I wanted to get into the yoga. So, but I didn't know how anything worked here in, in Sweden because it's so different in the States. There's a yoga studio on every single corner. So I'm like, okay, what, how do I go about it? And I just knew about this hot yoga place and I tried to contact them. But of course, they get so many emails about teachers that wants to teach and all of that. So I actually contacted a, a woman called uh, Anja Bay. She's a teacher in Sweden. And me and her went to the same training to uh, with Sean Korn. And it's called Off the Mat Into the World. And apparently she's, you know, she's a well-known teacher here in Sweden. But I didn't know at the time. And that was the nice thing about the training, too. You don't come in there and you're like, oh, this is who I am. I teach this many classes or this is my profession. And, you know, it could be anyone going into that training. So I didn't really know, but she was the only one that I knew in Sweden that was doing yoga. So I emailed her and she was very nice getting back to me and said, you know, it's really hard getting into studios. And, you know, in many cities in Sweden, there's actually maybe not a, a yoga studio, but there might be a gym or something where you can work. I don't know how it works in Malmo per se she's in Gothenburg so but she's like I recommend you to see if you can find you know a dance studio or a room somewhere that you could rent and then just invite people there I'm like okay good idea so I started looking for that and I found this place called Tango Palazzet and pretty much opened up shop you know I rented a space three times a week 
And then, you know, my friends came. Was it a lot of rent for you at the time? No, it wasn't. Like, the price was really good. I think okay. it, was, it might have so been. So it was something manageable for Yeah. You. So it might have been, like, to start with when I first started. And this is years ago. It might have been 250 per hour. So that was okay. And how did you, how did you invite people? So then I invited my friends. And then I'm like, okay, tell your friends. And was it for free for them? No, no, to no, no, no. So I wanted to make a point of that from the beginning that once, and I always done that and I pride myself with that. When I'm teaching yoga and doing that, it doesn't matter if we're friends or if it's my family. Okay, my family, my mom and my brother can come for free, but other people, like, I treat everyone the same. Because after a while, maybe your friends with one of your students, shouldn't they pay then? Like, so I make it, so they feel like, okay, I can be like anyone else. There's no expectations of me and vice versa. So everyone was paying the same. So then they came and they invited friends. And then at time, like so my thing was also, I didn't want there to be like a booking. You didn't have to book the class. You just came. So they could buy like a drop-in, a five card, a 10 card or a 20 card. And then I just marked on their card when they got there but they didn't have to book before because I wanted to be convenient for people like if they were running late for from work and they couldn't make it that's fine like they would know I would be there and I was but at times there there were times I went there and no one showed up and then there was you know a couple of times like there were two people and then five people and then maybe two times in a row nope no one showed up and that feeling of no one showing up, and you're like, okay, am I doing the right thing? You know, maybe I should do something else. I have a master's degree. Maybe I should focus on that. But all of a sudden, you know, I think I started going to Yoga Kendra. I got to be a sub there. So I had, I think it was one of the Ashtanga teachers, actually, that went somewhere. So they called the, the class instead Vinyasa Ashtanga. Yeah, very strange. So... Uh, I started teaching there, or I was a sub uh, on Sundays. And then the owner is not Sasha and Jenny, that's donors now. It's uh, another woman called uh, Linda. She asked some of the students after class when I was there, she's like, okay, guys, what did you think? And people were mad. They're like, we did not like it. We didn't like it at all. And the music was too loud. You know, it was in English. We're sorry you're here to hear this, but this was not what we're used to this is not what we expected i was there in front of them i'm like oh my god okay so i'm like okay it's great for me to know like with the music that it was too loud just let me know next time i'll turn it down a little bit um i'm sorry that you know many of the words that i used was in english but you know i just came back and i'm trained in english for yoga so it's going to take a time from some time for me until i learn all the, the names of the postures in swedish and, you know, but there is still going to be music in my classes. That's for sure. I'm like, okay. And then, you know, the owner, she's like, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have asked when you were here. I'm like, that's fine. And I wasn't put down by it. I'm like, okay, but this is me. I have to stick to this. And then Mina came, the owner of Hot Yoga Malmo. She came to one of my classes at Tango Palazzat. And she's like, okay, this is what we're looking for. We just started, because before the studio only had uh, Bikram classes that then they called Hot uh, 90. 
but it was pretty much the same thing. But they wanted to broaden uh, their styles, so they wanted vinyasa. So then I came into that studio. Got a couple of classes there, and then from there it went. But it's a lot of, you know, hustling when you're a new teacher. And at the time, there weren't that many yoga studios here either. So this is in 2014. So now it's growing. Like, there are much more studios and many more teachers and many more styles. But what I came and what I had to offer, I think, both at the right time, but I could have been scared off because people, many people were not ready for you know, dynamic, flowy, hardcore vinyasa classes. It's not what they were used to. So that was a struggle, like convincing people, like, this is something that you might like. So did you, <clears throat> when you came, you, you said you set up your company from the very beginning, mm -hmm. and then you were pretty much invoicing the studios, right, as your own company. Mm -hmm. And at what time did you decide, okay, let me do a website and let me be called, you know, I think Nina I did that. Lindo Yoga or... I think I did that right away as well. Okay. The website. Uh, my best friend, her boyfriend knew like computer stuff. So I'm like, I need help. I can't do this. So I had to ask for help, which was hard for me, but I knew like I didn't know how to do that. And then um, I think there it was the classes and everything. And I had flyers and my brother is a tattoo artist. So he put it up in his studio and he told people about it and you know, from there. So it was a lot, for me, it was a lot word to mouth. Mm. Shout out to your brother. Your brother has been amazing with our podcast too. He is always shouting mm -hmm. out and, and sending a lot of support. So yeah, I'm really happy for, I haven't met him yet. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. But uh, yeah, he's him. been awesome, really supporting mm -hmm. our cause and supporting this community. So mm. yeah. Yes. That's how I started. So how have been the changes that you said there's, you know, there hasn't been a big change for you. Uh, this feels like an interview. Mm -hmm. Let's let's flow with it. Um, the changes that you said, you haven't really, there hasn't been like a big change when you say, okay, you know, I'm changing all these things and doing that. But you say that along the years, mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about how many, 14, and now we are in 20, like six, seven years yeah. ago. Um, like what are the biggest changes that you've seen in your business uh, and you've seen as you as a person then bringing mm -hmm. into the business that has helped you continue to be, yourself mm -hmm. i think first of all just the market is changing you have to be aware of that you can't stay the same the entire time like you have to go with the flow and also you know the more i've practiced and i practice with different teachers and i've done different things and so you know you start changing your routine a little bit because i think you can do the same thing all the time of course you could but you know, for yourself also to, to be, I like being creative. So I want things to be a little bit different all the time, like different flows, different things. Like now, as you know, I'm inviting more yin into my classes, playing with that dynamic of like very flowy, hardcore, sweaty, dynamic flows, and then landing in very grounding postures like yin. So I think that's very interesting, but like ever changing within my teaching and in the beginning I think a lot of people came so it was the same groups so a lot of people I think they came because I was so engaged with them not just with their practice but they felt like I was their person 
So they were texting me and sending me emails and, you know, writing on Facebook. And I was constantly there, like, back and forth, like, being there as a support person for them. And then when they closed over at um, Tango Palazzo, they were going to make that um, apartment um, and, and they going to make it an apartment complex. So then I had to switch places. So that, you know, was also a shift. I'm like, okay, where should I be? Should I get a studio of my own? I was looking into that. And I also got throughout the years, got offerings to be a partner within different studios, but I declined because uh, I didn't want to go into an existing studio where there's already like a certain vibe. And then I want to start it, you know, from, from, from scratch. scratch. Yeah. Um, so that has been one thing, just seeing through to myself, because of course you get, you know, very happy and and honored that people want you to be, you know, a partner in a in an existing business. But seeing through to myself there and like, mm, it's probably not my my path. But then go uh, changing spaces to a studio where I now hold my teacher's training. Um, it's not a yoga studio; it's a space like where you can rent for um, different events and things like that. But anyways, so I started having classes there and then I lost some of my old students. And I thought maybe it's the room, maybe it's the time starts changing. But then after a while, I realized that had nothing to do with it. What actually had changed for me was me. I no longer wanted to be that person that you could contact 24-7 or you could call or text. So when I started just teaching the yoga and being very present there with my teaching, that was not, I realized those people that were there, that's not what they came for. Mm -hmm. They came for something else. But I was no longer willing to give that because I had to set boundaries for myself. Um, and then, you know, I've had retreats. So that's something that started coming in also throughout the years, some, some retreats. I've done a retreat together with another teacher, Isabella, that's a yin teacher, so we taught it together. And then I started realizing like I could do it on my own. And then, you know, from, you know, seeing how, how it works, taking in other people, like making the food. And then for the first couple of retreats, I was doing raw food because I thought that's what people want. You know, they want the full yoga experience. But on the other hand, I don't eat raw food. My system doesn't go well with raw food. So then also thinking about, okay, how can I stay true to myself? Okay, I like locally produced stuff. And then I eat meat at times. Um, I think people should be able to eat whatever they want. Maybe you have a food intolerance. I want those people to come to my retreat. Like, I want everyone to be welcome as they are, who they are. Okay, then that's important for me to include in my in my um, retreats. So more so seeing how I can be authentic with my brand. Because right. that didn't work. Like, having raw food. Like, my belly was like a balloon. And then I was supposed to be teaching and then, you know, hanging around with people. Like, I didn't feel good. I'm sure a lot of those people weren't used to eating that right, type of either. food either. Mm. So it's like, okay, hmm. What do you think has been the most challenge being, you know, your own business, you know, having your own business and 
and negotiating like your prices negotiating your space um kind of staying in in integrity in what you believe you're worth and you know because as a yoga teacher you are your own business mm -hmm. so then you know separating okay what is business and what is me and what has been the most challenging when it comes to negotiating spaces negotiating you know your prices and and even reaching out to new opportunities um, to teach at different places to have different you know retreats or communities or whatever um, but what has been like the most challenging and also like the big lesson when it comes for somebody that has their own business and it could be scary to go out into like a bigger business you know because mm -hmm. it's just you to a bigger company and to say this is what i this is what i propose and this is what i am uh and this is the integrity of my business this is how i do business and you know maybe it's not okay with them or you know things like that mm -hmm. i think it's twofold actually and goes a little bit opposite to each other so i think you have to be very much so you are your company so you're always your company and it's hard to not be that so if also because of the work that we do like I'm working with energy I'm working with yoga so I am my brand so if I'm walking around in the city on a Saturday with my friends people will see me but they don't see the private me they see the same person so you are always your company um so i think you have to carry yourself in a certain way and sometimes it feels like you always have the eyes on you but, very interesting but you know sometimes you have to let that go on the other hand you have to be you know certain to separate private and business as well so when I'm negotiating a price or if I'm putting my foot down at a yoga studio where I might be good friends with the owner, for example, or if we go into a partnership or if we have a retreat and I'm like, you know what, this is not what we agreed on. Whatever it is, like, then you have to be clear on separating that. I need to be able to say something from a business perspective that is not personal. Even though it's the same kind of, but you know, I had over the years like discussions with studio owners where I'm like, this is not it. This doesn't work for me. One more thing and I'm out of the studio. I'm sorry. And then really putting my foot down and like having conversations where maybe someone starts crying and then just like, well, I'm sorry, but this is not personal. This is just the way it is. Right. And then other times when you feel like you're screwed over, but you didn't really look through all of the things beforehand and, you know, maybe having a retreat and you didn't calculate something the right way. And oh, I've been there. Yeah. You lose some money, but, you know, you only have, so you have to have your own back. Mm -hmm. And I think that's uh, a very good lesson for people starting their their own business or getting into the business we're in that even though like I said like my friends always paid for my classes because then all of a sudden like where to draw the line like there should be boundaries but also make sure to write something like get in writing or have it in an email or something that's decided and then you don't have to talk about it then you can go out and have coffee and you can you know be buddies 
but when it comes to your business, that's business, and then it's decided. Mm-hmm. So they're never. I also never feel like weird. talking about like business and what is decided. I also feel like sometimes when you have your own company, you feel as if other people decide mm-hmm. how your business is gonna go and how your business is taking and how um, you do business. Mm-hmm. So you're coming into a bigger corp- corporation. May it be a yoga studio or a yoga space that you're trying to rent or um, a work a work uh, place that is trying to hire you as a yoga teacher. And you come in and you're pretty much, you know, on their terms mm-hmm. because you come in and you are with this idea of like, okay, I'm going to see what they have to offer. And I think it's very important for to say that as a as you be in your own business, you are the one who gets to say how you do business, yeah. what you are willing to take in, um, how you want to be treated, what kind of deal you want, how much you're expecting, or that you, you know, in a business perspective are trying to make out of it. Because once you have that very clear and you come in to a conversation with somebody then that becomes more of an even conversation mm-hmm. a fair conversation of this is what they have to offer but this is where i stand because if you don't have that very clear you can come into the conversation and be on their terms and be like well this sounds good but maybe mm-hmm. you haven't really gone through the numbers and you don't really know if that is mm-hmm. okay um and then but you kind of you're going to sound a very you're going to sound like you really have no idea and you haven't done your research mm-hmm. because you haven't. Yeah. And many times you get flattered. And, and this is something I tell, like, the, the the people coming out of my training. Like, of course, you're flattered if someone's, at, like, offering you a yoga job somewhere. But you have to know, like, okay, what does this really mean? Do you have to know the market? Like, is this a, a good amount that you're paid? Like, is this, is this the going rate? What does it look like? And not only that, but so how does it look like? How many times is that going to go? And in a month, how is that profit mm-hmm. that is going come out, that's going to come out of that month? And is that the profit that you're looking for? Or how, because the prices is based on like, okay, how many times a month you need to do that one mm-hmm. thing to be able to come out um, in that profit. And I mean, it, that is if your business is in, you know, time equals money. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that have different kinds of business where there is not really time equals money. And then there is different sorts of revenues and things like that. But especially when it comes to public classes that are so, you know, time equals money. It's, you know you are being paid for your time, which is more valuable than anything else. I mean, time is it's mm-hmm. like our most precious thing. Um, so it's not only about just that job, but about the time that it takes you to, to be there and mm-hmm. how many times you need to do that to to make a profit out of it. Yeah. Yeah, and know that it's changing. Like in the beginning when I was teaching in the States, like maybe I got noon classes or a morning class. That's not really good times. But after a while, you can start asking for better time slots if you're bringing in people. Like know that there's always, it's not like, oh, you get a class and then you're like, yay, I'm happy about that. Think about the next step. Okay, I wish to actually, instead of just being a a sub, like an extra, um, I want to be on the schedule. Like make that clear. Like don't be afraid of like putting your foot down and say, this is where I see myself going. I... Something just came up for me. I have a lot of people that come to me and say, you know, you have all these ideas and it's really exciting and you kind of go on 
or go all in on those ideas like how do you even do that and I think we it's easy it's very easy to sit down and look at an idea and be like okay how do I get from point a to point b and you know try to make it as complicated as you want it to be but at the end of the day going from point a to point b when it comes to your creation like you just said like i didn't know where to begin so i went and reached out to this woman Mm -hmm. and this woman told me to go and you know maybe rent a place and that's where i went so you start especially if you're on your own business you start where you are Mm -hmm. and if you don't know where you are then you reach out to people how have you done this Mm -hmm. tell me you know share with me how you started or and then once you know how then it start to do you have to put yourself out there that's why I asked you um, if that rent was a little bit out of your comfort mm-hmm. zone and how it was all that because at the beginning if you believe in something that you want to do you have to kind of put yourself out there mm-hmm. and and kind of focus your energy towards that which is what you want to manifest which is that which is what you want to see created mm-hmm. if you you know, whatever, it doesn't have to be yoga. It can be mm-hmm. anything that you want to create. So when people come and ask me, like, oh, how do you how do you do all this? And I just say, you just do it. Yeah. You put your mind towards that and then you start from where you are. Mm-hmm. And also to remember is to this day, I've been doing this now here for a long time, like we said, six or seven years soon, I think maybe seven years. But I still have a hard time sometimes getting people to a workshop. Or to an event. Right. Sometimes I have to cancel things. maybe Because I do have a lot of ideas. But maybe people are not ready for it. Or I didn't market it well. Or I didn't get help from a studio to market it. Maybe the time was not right for people. Maybe a lot of people wanted to go to my retreat. But that weekend, their kids had you know, a soccer tournament. So you know, there are times where things don't come through as you would have wished for but it doesn't mean I stop putting things out there that's another thing is that you start from where you are and then you just keep on going yeah whether you know some things may not work out and that's just a way for you to learn how to do next things or for you to like keep in mind of okay that didn't work out let's do something as like experiments mm-hmm. um I also think that's the thing is like you kind of keep on going I mean some of the things that I do don't work out and yeah. instead of I'm like, okay, how do I keep on, you know, how can change it up and how can I do? Uh, I think you have to really love what you do and just kind of keep on going. Mm-hmm. Um, keep on going, even though, you know, some things work and some things don't. But I, I think there's no success without some failure. Yeah. But I think what you said before is really good, like to reach out to other people and see what they've done. Maybe you don't even talk to them. Like maybe you just do your research. Okay. What are other people offering? Okay, this sounds cool. I would want to go to that event. How can I switch it up and do something similar myself? And then start building something that's true to who you are. And once you have that and start building on your own brand, because you have to know who you are before you start like inviting too many other people in there and then all of a sudden you get lost. So build your own first. And then now for both of us, we've been doing it for quite some time. But now we're starting to broaden and we're like, okay, I also want to add this into my company. Maybe I want this online present, but I don't know how to do it. I'm actually going to buy this service because I have made the money to invest back in my company and then make it slowly progress. Because I think if I like 
if I came back to Sweden and I was a new year and had like super, super fancy website and all of these things, but no classes, like what's the point? Or having all of these, like all of the yoga gear or making mats or whatever it is, it's a little bit too much. Like build it slowly and then add on. Because mm. I think many times we get so rushed, like if we start looking and comparing to others, I mean, this person is doing all of these things. I have to do that too. Mm. Like find your niche and go into that. And then from there, expand and find your people. Absolutely. I just, yeah, start where you are. So where you are slowly up. Mm -hmm. It could be any business too. Mm. So I have a couple of things coming up now that that's new to me. So the last couple of years, what I've added on is, you know, my teacher's training. It's been like a really big thing, a big leap. And, you know, I love it. That's the thing I love doing the most. Um, and now I realize also that once I've done this with my teacher's trainees, they're on their own. And I think what's missing is being guided once you're done also after the training like how to get into a studio and get a yoga job so i'm actually creating now it's starting in january so for any new teachers or teachers just coming from somewhere else that wants to be established on the yoga market here is a mentorship program so it's going to run over six months and there's going to be a check-in with me every week whatever you need you know help with bounce ideas sequences struggles within you know, your business or your branding. And then once a month, we'll meet the group. It's probably going to be a very small group, just a couple of people. And we have a lecture together with a topic that might be beneficial, uh, as well as the, the fact that you get to teach a class at Yoga Kendra. So you start getting into a studio, and if that studio or if that class goes well, then you know, it could be permanent on the schedule. So it's a great opportunity to come into a really, really good studio and also meet like-minded people within the program and also be guided. So I'm very, very happy about that. So I really hope it's going to be a fruit, this project. So I hope that sounds amazing. I think it's when I started teaching yoga, I went to a mentorship and it really helped me because I was getting a lot of feedback from, from my teachers on, on things that I was doing right and I was doing wrong. And it really helped because, like you said, I, I got to teach at the studio mm. every week. Um, and that was so much feedback because it got the, the nervousness out of the way and it really got me a foot in the door mm. and for people to even come in and take my class. Mm -hmm with without me having the pressure of like okay this is a you know an official class on the schedule but it's more like okay people know that i just graduated mm -hmm. and you know here's my mentor also taking the class and knowing how he's going and, and things like that so mm -hmm. i think that's wonderful mm -hmm. i'm really happy that you're yeah. doing that yeah that's very exciting and also a new thing that i'm doing next year is having a retreat abroad a lot of people have been asking about it over the years but i've been a little bit scared hesitant to do it abroad just because it's a lot of work, you know, you have to, you know, see the space or know what the food is like and all of that. But now this opportunity just fell into my lap. I was contacted by these two beautiful women in Greece, and they have a company where they put together retreats. So I've been working with them for now a couple months. So I'm having a retreat in Crete, in Greece, in May of 2020. 
Wonderful. So I'm very excited. So I'm finalizing the last things this week, and then I will be out. And it's just going to be a couple of spots, so maybe 10, 12 people. Oh, wow. So it's a very, and it's a five-star hotel. It's a really good price. Um, so I'm super excited. So, again, I'm really hoping that it will turn out and happen, but you never know. But I'm putting it out there. So, yeah. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Well, thank you. I feel like I want to do an interview pod with you. Okay. Like another episode, you mean? I don't know. What time? Do we have time for it? We we are in 43 minutes. Right okay. Now. So maybe we'll, the next one, I'll do an interview on your, um, your journey into the now. Yes. I feel like that would be amazing. Let's do it. Wonderful. Okay, so let's wrap up this up. Um, please contact us um, if you have any questions, if anything that you heard was interesting to you and that you found that it resonated with you, share it with your friends. If there's somebody that you feel that would resonate with what we're saying that needs to hear this conversation uh, and join our Facebook group, Mystic Home Community, to continue to connect to like-minded beings to talk about spirituality to talk about humanity and to continue to build a community with us um, to empower and connect and come together um, to to be part of of missing bye bye Thank you so much for turning into Misted Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know your thoughts. Leave us a review and share it with your friends who might benefit from this conversation. 